those windows open is going to be a liability. Oh. <clears throat> well, if we had aircon, we wouldn't need to. Um, don't need aircon. Ding ding. Who the flipping heck is that? Oh, it's you, Paul. Come <laughs> in. No, no, he doesn't do that. Let's oh, not okay. do that. He goes, oh, Anthony. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Come in. All right, all right. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, ding. Who the flipping heck is that? Oh, Paul. Oh, oh hello, Sanya. Come in. Uh, hello, Sanya. This isn't working. Look, we <laughs> thought we'd do a funny spoof Corona Diaries <laughs> intro to mark our return after our... Dip into COVID. Yeah, after the last dip time being all cocky. Dip, in, dip into the waters of death. Yeah, we've been uh, we've had the we've had the COVID boys and girls and yeah. everyone else at home. Uh, we've been ill, quite badly ill. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't might... get it, everyone. It's not worth it. Yeah, do not get it's it. It's really not worth it. Don't be- do it. Before you all ask the question, yes, we did have our first vaccine, but as we're dealing with this India stroke Delta variant, that's. Doing the rounds here in the UK, uh, it's not quite enough to stop us. It didn't getting cover it. us. So hence, sorry we didn't have an episode last week, but we were sort of laying there in bed with you know hundred degree temperatures, wondering if we were going to die. <laughs> frankly, that was funny, isn't it? That's <laughs> a good thing to laugh about. Our friend Mark <coughs> brought over a, a lovely body bag for us yesterday. Yes, our friend. We were <laughs> we were due to yesterday as as of recording this meet up with our Marillion friends for the first time in uh, a long time a long time um, but obviously we weren't quite up to it because even though we're out the other side of COVID now uh, recovery is faltering shall we say yeah so you had a good day yet a bad no, day, I had yesterday. A terrible day yesterday I had a good day yesterday today you're having a better day yes. I'm not having such a good day today but anyway so um, our friend Mark came around they a couple of them still met up locally to us uh and he bought yes literally a body bag but he also bought something else as well which is relevant to the fact that this is a meridian podcast it is and not, and and not a blended not a covid whinge fest <laughs> um yeah he uh ridiculously generous man he has gifted me uh, a Marillion poster, which that doesn't sound very exciting, but it's the original Marillion poster. And it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's the first one from, I think it's from like 81, 82, something like that. Might even be earlier, where we are predating the classic logo. Uh, I'll put up some photos of it on uh, Facebook and Twitter, but it's, it's, it is gorgeous. It's, it's something yeah. I've coveted for a long time, and he had one, and... Because he's a lunatic, but also very sweet and very kind man. Um, he's given me the one that he had, uh, which is signed by the original lineup of the band. Yes, including... Well, not the original, original, but including Mick Pointer. Mick Pointer, looking at his autograph right now. Yeah, I wonder when that was signed, looking at it, because uh, Fish's autograph has changed since then. Is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, is that Fish's on the left? Yeah. Oh, it has changed. It has changed. It has changed, doesn't it? it? Right, so this week, what we're doing, you're going to have to bear with us because we aren't at full speed yet. Oh, what I will say, hello to anyone who's here from the Corona Diaries because we got a shout-out, of course. Thank you, Ant Short, lovely man. Um, I know a few people have started listening as a result of that because they've they've dropped me a line on uh, Twitter or the like. Uh, oh, something else I should say. We've got our windows open because it's hot. 
So if you hear a lot of noise in the background, we're not doing this al fresco. We're doing it in our living in fresco. room. In fresco. But it sounds like we might be outside. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, hello to everyone from uh, Corona Diaries. That was terrible timing, wasn't it? We do an episode where... Um, or oh, our last episode of Sharp Motorbikes. I know, all of a sudden our, our streets become like a main road. Yeah, racing in the street. Mm. Um, yeah, terrible timing, us deciding to take a week off with COVID, you know, yeah. coming in the same week that... Um, but actually, part of the reason he did he did give us a shout-out was to wish us all the, work, all the best with our COVID. Um <laughs> <laughs> what was interesting, quite amusing, was that he said to H in it, any of you that have heard this, um, apologies, but he said to H, he said, oh, I think I think Paul would like to get you on Beampod. Yeah. And H's response was just like a bit confused and, <laughs> oh, right, uh, okay. <laughs> now, I don't quite know where that came from because I never said to Anne I wanted H on Beampod because, and this is genuine, I'm not sure I do. Paul. No, I, I'm serious. Yeah, I've said this to you before. Why are you acting surprised? Well, I don't know why you're saying it. Like, you wouldn't say no. No, but would I? Look, here's the thing, right? Here's why. We are doing a post bag this week, but, you know, this is just one of our general in-between episodes, everyone. We do these from time to time, but we just kind of, you know, touch base um, and catch up. I've been thinking about this a lot. Firstly... uh, I don't know what I'd interview her about because the Corona Diaries, you get a big, chunky H interview literally every Monday. Mm. Um, I don't know what I can ask that that isn't being asked on that and isn't going to be covered on that at some point. I don't know what my angle would be. I, I suppose I'm interested in his writing process because you know that's my day job i'm a writer so but i don't even know if that's enough to kind of fill an hour (laughs) if i'm honest um but on top of that as well don't know i i this is going to sound really weird i i don't know if i want to because i don't know if if i end up not liking him whether that's going to (gasps) spoil Oh no, oh, like when they say don't meet your heroes. A bit, yeah. So yeah, so I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't I don't know what the benefit would be other than it, it, unless it was just me going, oh, I get to talk to H. I don't yeah. know if I want to. Okay. Well, I'm sure he's not going to want to now. Well, no, why? Because you've just sort of said, well, I don't really want to talk to you. No, I, haven't, I didn't say it like that in the slightest. I said it in the sense of, it's fine. Look, my, it's fine. I don't. I don't. I didn't want to have you on my podcast. My anyway. relationship with H is as the singer and lyricist of my favorite <laughs> band. Yes. I don't. You know, you we've don't got like to mix lives. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to risk spoiling that. It's like you know, look. I when I worked on EastEnders. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I was a huge EastEnders fan, and yeah, haven't. I've said this when I interviewed um, Fraser Marshall. Uh, and I never watched it after that point. After you don't want to. You, you don't want to like see behind the magic. Well, I don't know if it's seeing behind the is magic. That... Is it? It's just not. Is it worth risking spoiling Marillion just to say I've been able to chat to H for an hour? I mean, 
That's a pretty grim view. Like, I don't know what you're expecting from this interview. Well, worst case... You seem to think talking to him is going to spoil your opinion of Worst case scenario is I don't like him. Yeah. Yeah, we... we, And on top of that, so on that level is worst case scenario is I don't like him. Mm. Or we don't get along. We don't gel. There's a chemistry there. Right. You know, there's, there's a... Covid, uh, <laughs> literally, literally has been. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a risk there that. Um, yeah, there's a risk. There's a risk that, that that we brush each other up the wrong way. I interviewed him years ago around the time of radiation, mm. and it was it was odd. I mean, because it was I'm different now. I mean, I was you know a young man then, very young man, um, and I was nervous. He was guarded because he was automatically, I think, at that point, suspicious of journalists. Whereas this would be me as a fan interviewing him as opposed to me interviewing him as a journalist. So it was a difficult interview in some respects. Um, And I just don't know. What can we add that, that, that Corona Diaries doesn't do already? I honestly don't know. I mean, look. I mean, I get that. That is a valid yeah. point. But listen, it, you know, it's like if you're friends with someone, you don't then need to go and talk to someone. That's no, hang on, my my story doesn't make sense. Oh, I'll do if it. you're yeah, if you're well, hang on, if you're friends with someone, you don't then need to read a book about them. No, yeah, you might want to forget. Can you just cut all of this out? Wow, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> What the hell was all that? I don't know. If you're friends with someone, you don't want to read a book about them. I no, would. I, I literally would, actually. would, yeah. Yeah, so would I. That's why I was like, oh, but that look, doesn't work. Just cut everything I've just said out. What I'll, what I'll say to our audience is, if you'd like me or me and Sonia to interview H, um, drop us a line. Drop us a line on Twitter at Beampod or Facebook at Beampod or email us Beampod at gmail.com. If you want us to, I'll do it. Um, and I'll try and find something interesting to ask him that, that maybe Anne hasn't. And I don't think it's going to be difficult to get him on because I'll, I'll just ask Anne to put a, a word for us. And so I, I think it, it, it it's relatively easy, especially as Anne has now told H that I'm desperate to get him on. But I don't know. I'm just nervous. That's all about that. Not yeah. nervous about interviewing him. I'm You know, I'm old and, you know, long in the tooth now. I don't really get starstruck or nervous in that respect it's more just nervous of what if it's awkward and we don't get along yeah. anyway which is fair enough anyway okay oh, noisy people outside it is it's 28 degrees at the moment and we've had to open all the windows yeah so apologies for our neighbours and various children that are running around outside. So, ostensibly this week, it's a post bag. It's kind of our post, this strange engine post bag, but we do have, I think, a, deli- uh, a bit of a broader selection of letters this time. We might do. Um, you might, we might end up having to do two episodes because it's 17 We are letters. going to do two. We have 70, yes, um, 17 letters. Also, because I um, put these all together when I wasn't fully better. I haven't read any of these yet. So they're going to surprise us as well. Yeah. 
like they don't normally. So let's hope there's um, no brackets in any of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Uh-oh. yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, shall I do the first one? Yes. So this is from NB. Morning, both. Uh, morning. Mo- morning, MB. Thought I'd drop you a line to thank you for providing Biampod. I really look forward to each update. I listen to them during my gym workout, and I'm sure the other members wonder as I suddenly start laughing for no apparent reason. Just to add my view on all things Marillion, I stumbled across them, as so many did during the Kaylee era, immediately falling in love with the album it came from. To be honest, was a bit underwhelmed as I worked backwards through Fugazi's script, but have since come to love them too. At that point, they were one of the bands I liked, but my main loves were the Beatles, Kinks, The Who, Led Zepp, not really Prog. Prog was that weird stuff people listen to when stoned, and I thought it was oh, all about what? I didn't know that. Well, the first time I ever... Um, Got stoned. Was no. listening to, th- to Prog. The f- first time I ever smelled weed, and I didn't know what it was, was at a Pink Floyd concert. Oh, right. Oh, I suppose, <laughs> yeah, Pink Floyd. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Um, Prog was that weird stuff that people listened to when stoned and it was all about wizards and fairies wasn't it although I thought Floyd were pretty cool I don't normally do emails into shows uh, but it was the Twitter user who viewed Brave through an autistic lens that has prompted this email my Brave experience is through the lens of someone who had survived abuse and I can still remember the first time I heard it and was literally hit for six alone again, Brave, Great Escape, Runaway all chime with me with the bleak musical landscapes and the emotional rawness of lyrics that mirrored emotions that I too was struggling with. Brave was my go-to album when I needed to let rip with feelings that were hard to deal with in other ways. When I listened, I was no longer alone. Knowing no one else going through what I was going through, there was no support forms on the net, there was no internet, so it felt like I was the only one. I couldn't share experiences with others as no one knew. I wasn't going to go to the police. It would rip my family apart. So I shut up and rode it out until I was old and strong enough to leave. I was 18 when Brave came out. It was my comfort blanket, a bleak, uncomfortable one, I grant you, but it was something I clung to, clung to in dark times. I had no idea if H had experience with abuse, but his delivery, his phrasing, the lyrics themselves chimed with me. I'm not going to be melodramatic and say it saved my life. Of course it didn't, but it did give me the ability to refocus and go again. Um, my made again happy ending is that years later I met an amazing man who I've been married to for nearly 20 years I told him of my past and played him the album when we first got together he got it he understood why I struggle with relationships but we worked at it so Marillion are my band now shared with a like minded family of fans a very special band with a very special fan base just look around at conventions to see that offend one and you offend us all as the song goes Keep up the amazing work. Best NB. Thank you, NB. Oh, that was incredibly personal. Once again, so, I mean, Brave, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because that's two people who've written to us with very, very personal uh, relationship to the material yes. that's there. Um, whereas Brave has been one for me that I, I, I've, as much as I love that album, I've never struggled to kind of find a personal road in. You've never struggled. I've, struggled. I'm sorry, I have struggled to find a personal right. road into oh, that album. It's yeah. not one that I've ever sort of related to, mm. um, unlike some. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I love the album, but it's one that I've not connected to. But it's lovely for some people that mm. are able to. Yeah, it's a powerful yeah. album. That it is, for sure. 
So the next letter is from Marcel in the Netherlands. Um, Hello, Marcel. Hi, Marcel. And Marcel says, Hi, Paul and Sanya. I have only discovered your podcast a week ago, but in the last week I've listened to all your episodes up to the current one. Whoa, that's hard. That's a lot. (laughs) Very enjoyable and entertaining for a long-time Marillion fan. Since 1985, the the 87 CAS tour was the first live show. Um, Who... Uh, a long-time Aurelian fan who craves intelligent and funny discourse about his favourite <laughs> Intelligent and funny, everyone, in your <laughs> face. Um, Afraid of Sunlight is my favourite Aurelian album for many of the same reasons that Paul seems to enjoy it. Musically very diverse, yet thematically of one piece. Adventurous, yet concise. Lyrics are sometimes the best of their oeuvre. Oeuvre. what does that mean era (coughs) god the state of us trying to do this podcast (coughs) means their output their general Ah. in my mind also the best produced of all Marillion albums hats off to Dave Meekin I too have enjoyed the nods to the tortured geniuses Brian Wilson and Phil Spector however in your discussion I think you have not mentioned the celebrity, in quotes, that also looms large on this album, Jesus Christ. He's on the cover slash back cover, and in my mind at least a number of the songs could be linked to Jesus, um, or linked to JC. The main one is the title track with its I Will Deny. This possible link was also mentioned on Fraser Marshall's site. Afraid of Sunrise mentions a day glow Jesus on the dash. On top of that, Jesus is frequently referred to as a king. And lastly, I think the sentiments of the song Beautiful would have fitted Jesus very well. Maybe I'm reaching here. Finally, I would like to support your assessment of Beyond You as one of Marillion's goats. Do you know what that means? No, I don't know what that means. Greatest of all time. Ah, greatest of all times. You're not down with the kids, are you? I'm not. Thank you very they're all, much. They're all the... going on about the goats and the herbs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like way behind. Well, this, this... I thought herb was like an egg, but that's an earth. Um, <laughs> this is the greatest of all their eggs. Um, thank you very much for a great podcast. Looking forward to your further discussions of all things Marillion from Marcel. That's interesting about Jesus, because yes, he literally looms large over the album. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't mention him. Well... That's actually, yeah, I mean, I... Yeah, but... Say, oh, whoa, I just dropped everything. Uh, I mean, I think Marcel's coming at it from the point of view of, are the songs about Jesus? Right. Which I think, given that... What we know, I don't think I don't think they are, and given that one of the concerns by the band were was that the, the boy on the cover yeah. might make them look like a Christian rock band. But I think the allusions to to Jesus and and Christ being a sort of, uh, or at least certainly how celebrities could be held up as as almost religious figures. I think right. that is very intentional on the album. I see. I, th- I yeah, you know, I never actually, I never questioned the figure of Jesus on the cover. Or the yeah, cover. It's weird. I, I, I thought I, was... I just thought it was the Dago Jesus on the dash. Yeah. That's who I thought it represented and didn't think that maybe... No, I always thought I just thought it was a given. Connection. That's why I don't think I ever mentioned it because I thought, mm. oh, it's, it's obviously because he's... Uh, 
you know, the original celebrity in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, interesting letter. Thank yeah. you, Marcel. Thank you. Um, okay, so the next one is from <laughs> our good friend Minstrels Ravel. <laughs> Matthew Revel. Ravel? Ravel? Matthew? Just tell us how you pronounce your name. We're ill. Sort of. He says, howdy both. The TSE tour was the first time I saw Marillion live and it was like a homecoming. Three things stick out in my memory 24 years on. Mark was bald. Uh, Mark did backing vocals. I think Mark always did backing vocals even back in the fish era, I think. Yeah, as well as uh, uh, Pete. Um, the band were amazing live, unlike many of the Britpop bands at the time. Brackets Blur, who always seemed out of tune and out of time. I also bumped into H in Curry's. Wow. <laughs> where he was wow. buying what he described Land. as a ghetto blaster. He was a nice bloke, despite me being a bit dumbstruck. Anyway, the album itself has such a different feeling from AOS, and I struggle to put my finger on exactly what it is. Beyond the obvious fact that the title track is an epic, and that's an outlier, the energy feels way down compared to the previous four albums. Yes, that's it. it it's a lower energy mm. album. Yeah. Oh... Okay. Interesting. Yes, I, I know where you're going. Yeah, you know where we'll, I'm going. We'll talk with about this. it at the end of this letter. Okay. Um, other than TSE itself, the rest of the album has a much clo- a feel much closer to Anarachnophobia than it does the other '90s albums. Having written that, one fine day can fairly easily be on Marillion.com. Estonia and the title track are strong highlights for me, but it's not an album I turn to all that often. In fact, it was the last Marillion album I bought that decade. And this is what I find so odd about Love and Marillion. I almost feel as though the sum of the band's work adds up to more than the individual parts. Even if I rarely listen to TSE, it forms part of the narrative of my life. Maybe that's overstating it, but Marillion has been a constant in a life where much has changed. Anyway, thanks again. Obviously, don't feel obliged to read out my drivel. Uh, Matthew, please. Um, it's just nice to have an opportunity to think a bit more about this stuff. Um, Wait, he goes on because then he wrote back. So oh, Matthew it, wrote some more. Yeah. He said, since sending this email, I've been listening to TSE again and I guess I've forgotten how many really great moments there are on the album. I don't think it'll ever be one of my favourites, but that's not the point. All Marillion is my favourite. Yes, that's so, that's that's perfect way of saying it. Because I know, I have wrestled with the fact that I was quite down on this strange engine. But it's... It's just part of a greater whole. So, you know, it didn't, it, these days, doesn't just diminish my love of Marillion. And of course, it does have some great moments on there. Uh, anyway, he says, I love it all, even the songs I like less, because each one feels to a greater or lesser extent like a personal communion between me and the band. Fish spoke to the teenage me, and H speaks to 40 something me. While the band reach in and, at their best, replay emotional experiences that shouldn't be put into words. So I love TSE, even if I haven't listened to it as much as, say, Brave or Marbles. So, Sanya, you wanted yes. to say a thing. Well, I did. I was just... The comment about <coughs> you saying, oh, uh, TSE was a low-energy album, and I was trying to reconcile your not being a massive fan of this strange engine um, with you now being worried about the upcoming album being high energy. So My, no, is it no, that no, you no, want no, something no. in the middle or no, explain? No, 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 no. <clears throat> on the latest... Because listeners, yes, on the latest Corona Diaries, H once again mentioned 
that the upcoming album is going to be up, more up tempo. Right, which I would argue there's something different between something being up tempo and high energy. They're two different things. I see. Uh, for me, see, my yeah. worry is uh, up the million doing up tempo is. <sighs> thing is, I, I've been thinking about it, and my worries. My worry is that they describe the album as a whole as being Up-tempo. quite tempo. That seems to be the phrase that they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want a whole Meridian album of that. What I mean, you know, there are lots of Meridian songs that I, I class as, as up-tempo songs um, that are among my favourites. But I don't want a whole album of, of say, the song Between You and Me or... Uh, I can't think of another one that I like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, but I mean, it might not know. necessarily be a whole album of it. I suppose my worry is that I'm perhaps reading up tempo and high energy as more sort of straightforward. Right, and I don't where want... you want complexity. Yeah, yeah. There's a really interesting moment in the Corona Diaries this week, which I mentioned to you, I know, off mic, um, where H talks about how because they're talking about the um, Afraid of Sunlight set list and how uh, they had to, you know, and how they, sometimes they have to chuck in um, some of the old Fish Era stuff. And H oh, right. admitting that, that a lot of that Fish Era stuff works really well live and better live than some of the H Era stuff, which I thought mm. was really interesting for him to say that. Uh you know, and certainly things like Garden Party work because you can bounce up and down to it, but it's also quite complex lyrically and mm. quite intelligent. Oh, I see what you mean now. So you like up-tempo if it's complex in some yeah. way. Yeah. An example of a Marillion H-era song that I think... Because a lot of Fish-era songs are quite up-tempo. And also up-tempo, what does that mean? I mean, are they talking about literally the fast. tempo of the song? Are they talking about fast songs? Mm. Uh, you know, I mean, what's a fast Meridian song? Uh, the Answering Machine on Radiation. Right. Um, but I actually really like that as a song because it's short. But again, do I want an album of songs like that? No, not really. Mm. So I'm curious to know what they're talking about. Yes, you'll find out soon. Yeah, I will, won't I? <laughs> Thanks, I will. <laughs> but you're genuinely worried. Yeah, I am. I've got faith in them. I, I, they've been working on this for four years. They've no, had they, time. No, no, they haven't. They have. They've had <laughs> they time haven't. to fine tune it. They they've haven't. had time to beautify <laughs> it, to make it more complex. It'll be good. I dare, I dare say, <clears throat> God, the state of you and I. <laughs> You sound like bloody Faye Dunaway with your husky voice. <laughs> um, we are better, by the way, everyone. This yeah, is we're just, not contagious. This is just the COVID just um, hangover. <clears throat> this is off at most we've sort of spoken out loud in three weeks. Uh, yeah, look, I, I know I'm going to like a lot of it. I know that. It's Marillion. Um, oh, shut up about it, Paul. Let's just move on and do <laughs> okay. the letters. All right. So... My turn? Yeah. Okay, I've got a letter from Paul G, Daddy G. Hey, Daddy G. Daddy G in the house. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy G. G. Daddy, Daddy, Daddy G. G. And he's back to give his thoughts on Marillion's 1997 album, This Strange Engine. 
But he says, before I do, I would like to thank you for pointing out that H had done a solo album on the last pod. I had no idea and quickly gave it a good listen on YouTube and was impressed like yourselves and agree that the two rockier songs are a bit lightweight, but for sure the last track is great and should have been a Marillion song. Yes, indeed. Anyway, so it's 1997 and EMI had dropped the band. They then went into what I call their lowest point of their career for the next four albums, none of which get above mediocrity in my opinion. This Strange Engine is perhaps the best of the four, but it's pretty average at best. I can sum it up in that it has three good songs, one fantastic song, no prizes for guessing, and the remaining four songs are not very good at all. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Ouch! So, Man of a Thousand Faces starts off the record pretty well. I love the chorus. It's catchy and easy to sing along to. However, the song should have ended exactly at four minutes and two seconds. The last three minutes really drag a bit and would have been better off left as a nice... No, Daddy G. No, Daddy G. (laughs) No. No. That's not the case. Those, they're what, those last three minutes are what make the song. I Daddy mean, G's in the house with his controversial opinion. First four minutes, great. Yeah, but the fact that build, the kids... <laughs> for, for, the no, 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 Daddy G. So, then he continues. Then we get the dreary one fine day. I really do not like this song at all. And as the second track on the record, it should have been a much deeper cut lower down the track listing. It's plain, dull, boring, and frankly, on first hearing, I thought I bet the rest of the record is no afraid of sunlight. Can I just interject here? Yes. Uh, One Fine Day stayed with me. Did it? Uh, Did it? It's really stayed with me as a song. And it has... Paul Rose changes his mind. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. His opinions mature like fine wine. They do, like myself. Uh, Yeah, I'm... um, Definitely, it's it's grown on me as a song. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, shut up now. It's it's um, it was the opposite of grown. Pardon? It's receded on me. Just... I like it less. <laughs> oh wow! Oh, it's okay, but I'm a, yeah. I'm kind of almost with Daddy G fully on that one. Okay. Um, the album improves a bit with Eighty Days. Uh. It's not great, but it's better than most of the rest. It's quite poppy, and I do believe it was an unsuccessful single too. Yes. Catchy chorus again, and nice song overall. When Estonia first started, on first listen I thought, oh no, not another dreary song. But when the chorus kicked in, wow, I have never heard a song before where the chorus makes the song so great. The verses are very slow. But the change of style as No One Leaves You starts is fantastic and really sells the song. It's great and the second best song on the album. The next three songs are frankly of poor quality and do nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) Memory of Water should have been on the H solo record. It's not a Marillion type song and when they go against style like this I do find it a little infuriating sometimes. I know on some later albums they do it again and I guess it's just them experimenting but I do prefer Marillion to sound like what they do best. Then, 
An Accidental Man was recorded for Afraid of Sunlight and was wisely left off that classic album. It sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but it's terrible. The chorus is almost as bad as Hard as Love. Ouch. Ouch. With its repetitive lyrics. I've listened to it again for this refresher and it's still as bad as it was in 97. Hope for the future is Marillion once again stepping out of their comfort zone and I feel it once again does not work. It's okay if you like this kind of song and I suppose if they recorded more of this style then I might like it more. But I do not feel any attachment to this. No prog, no great solo, not much excitement here. We so did, I, um, sorry, just before we started recording, we watched a little interview, didn't we, with H. Was it the uh, airport one? No, no, what? No, oh. the interview that we watched where he describes about how This Strange Engine is the album where he oh, has helped yes. introduce some black influences and citing Hope for the Future as one of those uh, yeah. songs because he was sort of saying about how prog is the one, you know, it's the one uh, musical genre that doesn't have any black roots yeah. I mean, yeah, I would also say perhaps Krautrock and some... Uh, anyway, that was a bit awkward, wasn't it? It was awkward, yeah. <laughs> it was an awkward interview. But it was many years ago. Yeah. Anyway, sorry I interrupted you. That's okay. Um, okay, so by this point, on my first listen in April 1997, I had my head in my hands. <laughs> I think this is the worst H. Marillion album by far. There was one track left. It had a runtime of over 15 minutes. It had to be an epic prog song. Surely that would redeem the album. I took a deep breath and let it play. I knew within the first minute of this strange engine playing that it was going to be a classic. I could write an essay on how good this song is, but... But I am sure you have listeners who also want to praise it too, so I'll keep it short. This song has... Everything you would expect in a prog epic, great pianos, keyboard, and the guitar solos are magnificent. H sings like it's a classic, and the whole thing summed up is one of Marillion's finest ever songs. Live they pull it off too, which I didn't think they would be able to do. Superb stuff. So this Strange Engine overall is one of a lesser album that is half filler and half good. Sadly, the next record is even worse, and I don't just mean the songs either. The mastering style of Radiation is just plain bad. But more of that next time from Paul G. As we know him, Daddy G. (coughs) Daddy Daddy G. Daddy G G with his blades cutting up this strange engine with his opinions. (coughs) You're listening to CoughCast. Um... Okay, so this next letter is from David yes. of Goliath fame. Ah. So today I came upon your pod, oh, hello, uh, between you and me, and thought, yeah, this is interesting. Let's go through a historical journey. I like that idea. I happened to listen to the latest episode on the individual projects, and when it came to Ice Cream Genius, imagine my surprise how little you actually know about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and how come, as Marillion fans on a podcast, you clearly don't listen to Hogarth's? So big oh. red... Oh, it's this letter. He's put a winky face. Yeah, he has. Uh, the reason Ice Cream Genius never got promoted was because Castle went bust on the day it came out. 
Age learned of this when he was at a gig and overheard a couple of guys behind him mention Castle had gone bust that day. Age didn't have an American deal for the album, so what he did was quite genius. He just invented a fictional American label, reprinted the cover and released the album with an additional song through the website with a fictional American label name on the back. That is the only reason it saw the light of day. However, the story does not end there. After Castle assets were bought by Sanctuary, they didn't bother going after H, but instead brought a version off the website and just reprinted the label with their logo on it instead and put that into the shops. H tells the story better than I can. Yes, that's the story H told. <coughs> Episode 8 or 9, he says, on stevehogarth.com. On stevehogarth.com. That's what the link says. Yeah. Thanks, David. Thank you. All right, so our next letter is from our friend, the Bracket Man. <laughs> I'm the Bracket Man. Catch me if you can. Catch me if you can. <laughs> bracket Man. Uh, ten points to anyone who gets the reference. Yes, a million points to anyone yeah. who gets the reference. PJs, a.k.a. pyjamas, PJ. Yes. Pete says, this mail is intended to be Sanya friendly <laughs> and contain way less brackets and crazy punctuation than previous efforts. I also tried to make it shorter, but failed miserably. So yes, I, I'm noticing this looking at the, th- the three <laughs> sides of A4, Pete, at the moment. Uh, oh, I'm just hitting send before I start listening to the first uh, TSE Bianpod episode, so I don't change my mind on everything I wrote. <clears throat> so, like Afraid of Sunlight, it, surpri- it surprised me when I stumbled across their new album in the local independent record store without hearing anything about it in advance. But as I'd just been in Australia for a few months, I conceded it was entirely possible I'd missed out on the news of its release. As it turned out, it was a promo copy for sale and the album release date wasn't until a month after I had it in my grubby little paws. I'm pretty sure that if I had any friends who actually liked the band, I'd have been exceedingly smug. I tend to surprise people when I tell them that this is one of my favourite Marillion albums, but I should probably qualify that at some point I stopped having the time to just stick an entire album on to properly listen to it. Something to do with having a partner who doesn't fully embrace, a, quotes, a better way of life, brackets, boo, <laughs> along with the fact that I no longer have a two-hour daily commute, brackets, yay. yay. I refuse to stick on Brave unless I know I've got the next 71 minutes of my life guaranteed to be uninterrupted. Ditto for misplaced childhood, you get the picture. <clears throat> so, this strange engine is great... Because I can listen to three of the greatest Marillion songs of all time on one convenient album. This Strange Engine, Estonia and Man of a Thousand Faces. I'm seriously out of step when it comes to Estonia, aren't I? Yeah. Really badly out of sync with yeah, everyone else. Because after we recorded our podcast, I started thinking that I was out of step because I liked it. Right. Because, you know, I do like hope for the future and 80 days <laughs> yeah. and I know not that many people do so I was like oh it must be just one of those ones that I like that other people don't but no it seems like you're the one that's yeah. the old one out and I, I get why because <clears throat> I get that it's a good song does that make sense yeah I can see that it's a good Marillion song it's got it sounds like Marillion 
Um, don't know. Just, I don't know. It, it just, rubs it just you the wrong way. It's not just that. I just find it a bit dull. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. That's true. You do. Yes, I do. It's true. That's true. That is. So, Pete continues, that's 30 minutes of some of their best work and probably longer than some other bands put on an entire album. Even the other tracks I don't hate. I must confess, I can sometimes be inclined to hit the skip button. I don't understand the hate for 80 Days. Thank you. Yes, same. 80 Days is a fun song. Is it? Are you mocking my lack of voice? That's it, that's your karma. (coughs) One fine day is fine. Although after the opening line, when we were young, we used to say, I can't help singing the lyrics lyrics to Live and Let Die. <laughs> oh, oh, no! I'm going to have to do that that's, now. That's yes. It. Yeah. That's a great idea. Um, even you hope know for- you did, you know you did, you know you did. <laughs> <laughs> even the hope for the future doesn't grate against me too much. I love A Thousand Faces with its song of two halves approach and the fact that I can somehow get lost in the words, even though I really have no idea what he's banging on about. (laughs) Estonia will be played at my funeral. Oh, it's grim. If only to make the people I know and love actually sit down and be quiet and actually listen to a Marillion song without just bagging the, the band out for no good reason. I often fantasise about what Marillion's song will force people to listen to at my funeral. Actually, Estonia is a good one. Oh, Estonia is It would the, make everyone cry. It is the one. But it's yeah. fine, Grendel. Easy. Oh, you... Oh, my goodness. My, no, I want Grendel played at my funeral. <sighs> Especially with the light, the funeral pyre at the yeah. end <laughs> as the coffin goes into the, the fire. That's not at the end, though, is it? Isn't That's it? Like, no. Oh. Oh, well. No, let the blood flow. Let the blood flow. There you go. Perfect. So what are you going to have happen then? (laughs) (laughs) Fireworks. Fireworks of blood. Uh, No, all right, fine. Invisible man. Something like that. (laughs) Because you'll be invisible by then. I'm just trying to... Oh, no, the whole of Misplaced Children. I don't know. I just want to make force people to listen to a lot. A lot? Wow. Okay. Um, All right. TSE, the song. I don't even know where to start. I'm in t- I'm anticipating an entire Bianpod episode just for this song. No, we've skipped through it really quickly. We did, didn't we? Yeah, but that was partly because H has come. It, it's a song that I think has been covered to death. Right. You know, H has mm. talked about that lyric so much. Um, of course, it's one of Maria's best songs, but I just think I've I've heard heard it I, even to the point that I couldn't bring up the enthusiasm necessary to talk about it in length. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's got one of other's best guitar solos, blah, 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 all of that. It's an amazing, amazing song that sounds like a Meridian greatest hits in one song. And yet, uh, I'm a bit bored of hearing people talk about it, if I'm honest. Fine. All right. Yes, yeah, so, says... so sorry, Pete. As oh. <laughs> you were, he's about to talk about it at length. Oh. Pete says, all I will say is about Rother's guitar solo. The second one just before the blue pain section. 
at first listen, it sounds to my ears to be slightly off kilter with the drums, a fraction behind the beat, but its imperfection is so perfect. It seems to create this tension that pulls the song along and make it sound so right that I can barely put it into words. There's probably a nerdy muso term for this, but sadly, I have zero musical ability, so wouldn't know where to begin. <clears throat> Much to my chagrin, chagrin, how do you say that word? Chagrin, Ch- I've always chagrin. said. I, thought, I think it, I've said chagrin, but I'm pretty sure in French it's not. Chagrin. Chagrin. Wow. people are probably wondering what even is this word that these two people are attempting to say chagrin (laughs) from from Oliver Trist (laughs) Fagin's brother chagrin (laughs) chagrin Um, my better half stubbornly claims the secret track on the end of Oh. This strange engine in is, is her favourite Marillion song. You wouldn't song. agree with that, Sonia, would you? Oh my goodness, no, I would not. Um, there was definitely a missed opportunity during the weekend, which featured TSE. Imagine they just performed the album on set, <laughs> walked off the stage, then five minutes later, encore time, H comes on, sits down at the piano, and the rest of the band turn up with the giant feather dusters or something and tickle the crap out of him while he tries to play the <laughs> piano. Could have, would have, should have been called. Comedy gold. <laughs> Certainly funnier than the fella that did the bingo call. <laughs> he was doing that one of the conventions. <coughs> that what was, was that? Brilliant. Oh, Wait, I need brilliant. to know about this bingo calling. I'm sure I've told you. It was um <coughs> Oh god, our coughing. Um Oh god, what's his name? His name is Roy. He was a singer in um Cry No More. Right. Uh he had some links to the prog band the Straubs, but anyway, they were one. Cry No More were one of the, um, uh, <laughs> were one of the support acts at one of the first Meridian weekends, and it was the bootleg bingo weekend where the idea was they would pull the numbers <laughs> out of the bucket and have to play the corresponding song. Right. So yeah, they had. To, it was a nightmare for them because they had to like rehearse <laughs> you know, about a million yeah. songs. Uh, anyway, but Roy, um, let's just say he was a. A little bit old school, a little bit blue. Uh, <laughs> hosting a Marillion gig. And you can see it boys the band's like, just shut up, there are families here. And, oh no. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Oh, I dear. loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And I wanted oh. him to host every Marillion weekend. Oh, when you say a little bit blue, you mean it was a bit rude? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. A bit conservative. No. Well, he might be, I don't know. But no, he was a little bit... Yeah, a little oh, bit. Oh, I see. His bit humor naughty. was a bit naughty. Um, I thought I thought the bootleg bingo was brilliant. Oh, awesome! Okay. <laughs> um, Pete continues. Side note. Side note. In more recent years, during live performances of Estonia, Mister H sings, "No one leaves you," instead of, <laughs> instead of "No one leaves you." And there's something about this that just irks me immensely. <laughs> I don't think it's the issue he's mentioned before about not wanting to strain his voice, as I'm sure there are far more vocally gymnastic lyrics he performs. Maybe I'll ask him one day, and maybe I should have asked him in that instead of the dumb questions about intercourse with dinosaurs. <laughs> Side note two, I don't even hate the album cover. Yes, it is rather dark, and yes, it's undeniably brown. But in its favour, it's got the glowy flames in the dark thing going on, much like Afraid of Sunlight had. 
I do concede it's so dark that it's difficult to properly see the detail, but I like the concept. If they'd had more budget to throw at it, I could envisage an engine being more like the machine in the Kate Bush cloud busting video, although maybe I heard that in an interview at some point and just stole it as my own idea. Nil points for the fonts used, though. (laughs) (laughs) They make my eyes bleed just thinking about them, especially as I thought they might be headed in the right direction again with the made again font slash logo thing. With TSE, they may as well have just saved themselves some effort and used Times New Roman and comic beep sans. You're not going to say it. Comic, comic fucking sans. Thank you. Thank you, you wanted me to swear. Yeah. Okay, comic well, fucking sounds. So that people know that you're not just all... Sweetness and light. Yeah, like, mm. you, like you p- pretend. <laughs> I don't pretend. Um, you do a bit on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay then, where's this coming from? Carry on. Side note three. I have all the making of albums, but I don't think they ever had more than one or two spins. After you did the first Afraid of Some Light, Biampod and mentioned the alternate accidental man version. I dusted off another DAT or yep. DAT yeah. at the office. And oh, that's the name of the album, another DAT at the office. Yeah. What does DAT mean? <laughs> Digital audio tape. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> and in general, I'd say I prefer that demo version. So thanks for reminding me that it exists. Right, that's all. Better stop for now. This letter alone takes up two podcasts. <laughs> Thanks, as always, for brightening my day with your show. Thank your you, fine PJ. show from Pete. Um, can I just add the caveat that yes. if I got what the, what the DAT stands for wrong, <laughs> I don't care. Don't okay. bother writing in anyone. Anthony, it's up to you now yeah, to please correct Paul if he's got DAT my, my wrong. My friend Anthony, my... Pedantony. <laughs> That's what he should be called. Why have we not thought of that before? Pedantony. <laughs> anyway. All right. I think this will be our last letter, given that I think you and I probably need to go and have a little rest. Rest our voices. Rest our voices, shall we, Sanya? Yes. Shall we rest our voices? <laughs> this letter is from my new friend, Regis. Uh, if I was going to give him a nickname, it would be Bogner, uh, because there's a place in the UK called Bogner Regis, but I know that would be lost on Regis because he's from America. Ah. Bogner Regis, what a funny name I've for heard a place. Of it. Yeah, I've always thought it was a, an interesting name for a place. Yeah. Anyway, Regis says Hi, Sanya and Paul. Fully enjoying the podcast. And oh, oh, I need to just see if he doesn't mention Wicked Pisser. Oh, no. Okay, here's, I should it. just explain this. Okay, so yeah, so uh, Regis introduced us to a brand new phrase from the Boston area, which is wicked pisser, which means great or excellent, oh. but I love it. That's a good I love phrase. wicked pisser. Wicked pisser. As he said, Biampod is wicked pisser. Yes. I've always wanted to be a wicked pisser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some would say I already was. So, <coughs> Bogner says... Um, hi, Sanya and Paul. Sorry, Regis. <laughs> Regis says, Hi, Sanya and Paul. Truly enjoying the podcast, and I found it while doing a podcast search for info on Marillion. I love the chemistry between you two, and you're both funny as hell. Oh, Regis. You're wicked pisser, you are. 
So here is how I was introduced to the band who would become a major part of the soundtrack of my life and my connection to a former drummer of theirs. Some of this letter, which I have read, will be censored. (laughs) Because I don't want to get sued. (laughs) Back in the early 80s, I had a friend who had mentioned that he had a classmate who was in a band called Marillion. I'd never heard of them before Jay told me. Jay, it's a freaking wheel. What is that thing? It's a freaking wheel. He doesn't say freaking, does he? No, he doesn't. Both of us went to the same high school and he was a year ahead. I knew this person who he was talking about and this person was known to be a... Are you going to say it? Because you well, made I, me swear. I'm just considering whether to just edit it on the fly or whether to bleep it out. I can't say that out loud without us getting into trouble. Why? Why? Because it, it's not it, it's not opinion. It's not been stated as opinion. It's been stated as fact. He said this person was known to be... A... Yeah. Yeah, I'm not reading that out aloud. Okay. Okay. So Jonathan Mover is his name and he went on to do a ton of... Oh, tour. yeah, okay. Okay? <laughs> With his name and surname. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan, everyone, Jonathan Mover is a... Right, Jonathan Mover is his name and he went on to do a ton of touring and session work and was in GTR with Hackett and Hal. He is a great drummer, but he was a in high school. I'm just bleeping it out, okay? He just was a in high school. There was a record store that I would frequent and at the time and during my next visit, I made sure to look for Marillion. I found the bin where they were and the only LP there was script and there were some EPs. I looked at it and loved the artwork and bought it having not heard anything from them. The girl behind the counter knew nothing but said that their albums and EPs sold quickly. This is not the first time I've purchased an LP without having heard anything from the artist or the band. I got it home and put it on my AR turntable and put my headphones on. I have been a headphone guy since 81 at 16 years old and I've been one since. Meridian has always been what I deem as headphone music. Yes, I agree. First thought... There was that it was unlike anything I had ever heard and I wasn't sure if I liked it or not because it was so different and I wasn't into heavy, tedious prog like ELP or Yes. Rush was about as prog as I got and I was really into Saga at that time, although their first five albums were proggy. Worlds Apart is still a favourite to this day and in my opinion, a classic. Back to script. It truly grew on me and my favourite track is He Knows You Know. I went back to the record store and bought the EP's Market Square Heroes and I think Grendel, and not long after I found Misplaced Childhood. So do you mean the EPs, because there was the video EP, which had Grendel on it. On a VHS? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he sold it as a, a, a video VHS EP, which had Grendel oh, and the web on it. Because that. it was it, basically they were the leftover tracks from the recital of the script mm. vi- video that came out. Um, so they released them separately, originally. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think he means the, the 12-inch of Marcus Square Heroes, which had Grendel on the B-side, of course. I had no clue about Fugazi, as it was never in stock at any store I went to, even in Cambridge or Boston. So I went from script to misplaced to the elusive Fugazi once I found it by chance. Marillion struck a chord in me with the intensity of the music and lyrically. I had issues with depression, and listening to them was sort of therapy. If I was in a down mood, I would listen to them, and because of the intensity of some of the tracks, I would feel better afterwards. It would kind of pull me through a dark tunnel out to the light. From that chance purchase, they became an addition to the soundtrack of my life in a huge way. 
I'm not sure how many listeners you get from the USA, but I hope it's okay to email you here and there about your podcast subjects. The first one I listened to was about Brave, and yes, Paper Lies shouldn't be on there, and it took a while to get into Brave, but it eventually sunk its teeth into me and became one of two reference discs I would use to audition audio equipment. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm on part three of Afraid of Sunlight, and the one track I always skip is beautiful, and I just don't really? Okay, regards oh. Regis. Thank you, Regis. That was... um. I, I just love hearing how people get into them. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and hearing that certain band members are What was that about the band member? Jonathan Mover was was the drummer for a time. Oh! I was as as the as it finally dropped. Yeah, the pennies it didn't dropped. Dawn on me he was the saying... one. He was the American drummer who was briefly in Marillion oh, after Mick no left. Way. Who uh, Fish was? Uh, it's him or me. <laughs> oh my goodness Fish didn't warm to him shall we say yeah well yeah. and now we know why now we know why because he was, was a known as a quick. I'm going to bleep that every single time <laughs> <laughs> so um, apologies if this episode has been a bit uh, all over the place don't we say that in every episode yeah I know but this week I think we have a legitimate reason to do so yeah this this week we actually have a reason a legitimate reason legitimate excuse this week for being as... shambolic as opposed to every other week where it's just whatever. Oh, what what I would suggest is uh, that's not what I meant to say. That's not that's literally not what I was. What what do I mean? What I would suggest. <laughs> okay. What I was gonna say. What we're gonna do next week? We're gonna finish up the post bag. Yes. The current lot just to give us a little bit more time to recover. Yeah. Um. The weekend after. The weekend after that. The week after that. Um, we're going to talk a bit about crowdfunding and the This Strange Engine tour, which Ooh. was Marillion's first dabble with crowdfunding. Oh, I see. It was the This Strange uh. Engine tour. Ah. That's hmm. uh, where it all it began. it was radiation. That's where it all began. Mm. Uh, and then the week after that, we'll hopefully get to radiation. Yes. Uh, and that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, in what way? Well, because rather like this strange engine, I've had a different reaction to it to how I expected. Uh, Have you? Yeah. Hmm. It's not an album that's universally loved. I've had a different reaction to it than I expected as well. Ah. Hmm. Oh. Well, you already know because I've already told you because I couldn't hold it in. Yeah. Because I was so shocked by my reaction. <laughs> Just I'm going to leave it at that. I bought a copy of the original... CD, so because I want Sandy to listen to it because it's got bits that aren't on the later version. Because obviously, most of you will know Radiation, they they remixed it. Um, or Dave, not Dave Megan, Mike Hunter remixed it mm. uh, in 2013. Sounds are very different to the original, which has been widely criticized. So, I think we're going to leave it there for this week because I'm we're getting tired now. Okay, then. Uh, just want to say thank you to all of you who sent us a nice message uh, yes. wishing us well when we weren't. Yes, thank uh, you so much. It does mean a lot. It was very appreciated. A lot of you were really uh, very kind. Um, so, yeah, check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Beampod. You can send us an email. Uh, probably won't get into next week's, but you never know. Uh, Beampod at gmail.com. Uh, subscribe to us. Tell people about us. Uh, let us know if you want me to try and interview H. <laughs> he says enthusiastically. Oh, 
I feel bad for Age because why? It's nothing to do. You saying this like, oh, I don't really want to interview him. Like that's not because really of who his feelings. Not be- he's not going to care. He's going to care. Okay, well, my fi- I'd care well, well, if I was him. Well, my feelings were hurt when. You know, his response to Anthony Short saying... He was hung over that day and he wasn't sure My feelings were hurt when he on. went, oh, okay. He was hung over that day <laughs> and he wasn't sure what, what was going on, like what they were talking about. Because yeah, yeah, okay. it, it was out, a bit out of the blue for him. Yeah, it was. But um, I'd be upset oh, if I was fine. him and I was listening to you I'll, say I'll stuff I'll see like if that. I can get him on. All right, everyone, this is, look, this is, this is enough. Enough now from us. <laughs> enough. We're not... We're not fit enough to be doing a podcast <laughs> this is a mistake <laughs> this is a big mistake we'll talk to you next week bye bye bye